This is the Irrelevant Information Podcast, a podcast about finding the deeper meaning of seemingly useless information. I'm Rodrigo Nunez, and today we're going to talk about the mocha pot. Now, I've spoken at length about my love and appreciation of coffee in a previous episode of this podcast, but if anything, this time of seclusion at home has made me appreciate it even more. And I don't have a problem admitting I spent a little too much money on coffee before this whole thing, but hey, give me a break. I don't drink alcohol or smoke or anything else, so coffee is my vice. And it's a good sustainable one. However, not having access to fancy coffee shops with fancy espresso machines has made me resort to other means. Unfortunately, I only had an old drip coffee maker. You know, the type that you find in a depressing mid-90s office? It cost me like 13 bucks at Walmart and it hasn't been well maintained at all. Even after purging its innards with a white vinegar concoction, it still doesn't produce objectively good coffee. Thankfully, however, the Italians of the past were faced with a similar problem to mine. What do you do when it's not feasible or desirable to have an espresso maker at home, but you still want to enjoy a good cup of coffee? You get a mocha pot. And mine was even cheaper than the drip coffee maker. maker or a greca if you're a boricua is a two-chambered coffee maker consisting of three parts usually but not always with an octagonal base which brews coffee by passing boiling water pressurized by steam through ground coffee it was invented in 1933 by an italian engineer by the name of alfonso bialetti who had a history of working with aluminum if you couldn't tell by the name the first espresso machines were invented in italy and the first big famous one was called La Pavoni. La Pavoni was introduced to the world in a world's fair and it was immensely popular. But because of its size and cost to operate and the fact that coffee wasn't all that popular, there was no demand for good coffee at home back in the early 20th century. So espresso makers kind of just became something that existed only in coffee bars. There was another type of coffee maker that was almost as popular as the La Pavoni, and it was for the home, however. It was developed in France, but became super popular in Naples. It became so famous there that the Italians dubbed this coffee maker the Napoletana. And the Napoletana is a weird thing. It's like a weird tool. I'm going to try to explain it the best I can, but there will be pictures in the show notes. It's three chambers. It has a bottom chamber that holds water, a filter chamber that fits into the bottom, and a top chamber, which is like an inverted kettle, you know, with like the spout and all. The way it works is as follows. You fill up the bottom chamber with water. You fill the second one up with your ground coffee, and then you put it into this the, the water one, like it kind of goes on top of it. It's not touching the water. And then you put the third one up on top, and that one's empty. And it's like that inverted spout kettle thing. So the spout is like pointing down currently. It's, it's, it's weird looking. <laughs> so you then put the whole thing on a stove and you start to boil the water. When the water starts boiling, you take it off the fire and you flip the whole thing over. Now, the top, which was an inverted kettle, 
is actually a kettle and it's on the bottom, you know, so now the spout is pointing up correctly and gravity is forcing the boiling water that used to be on the bottom. It's now on the top. It's forcing it down through the filter, which has the ground coffee in it. And the water passes through the filter with the ground coffee into the kettle. And once it's all drained, you have coffee. This was the first big popular in-home coffee maker of the 20th century. So these two big coffee innovations occurred in Italy, right? The first was the espresso maker, the big one, the Lapavoni, which had, you know, steam. And it's, it was like the first espresso maker, like the ones we have now. And then the Napoletana, which was a way to make coffee at home, which was pretty good, right? The mocha pot combines both of these things. It combines the first espresso makers and the Napoletana to create something that's somewhere in between. Now, I'm sure you've seen a mocha pot before. The design of the Bialetti Mocha Express is one of the great industrial designs of the 20th century. It's that silver octagonal pot that kind of looks like polygon, like kind of like a PlayStation 1 era coffee pot with a black plastic handle. Honestly, it's kind of hard to believe it was designed and invented way back in 1933 because the design is truly timeless. And at that time, it must have been super futuristic, I think looks super cool. I've seen it on so many design things. I think it's in a couple of design museums. It's just great industrial design. And here's how the mocha pot works. And you'll see what I mean when I say that it combines the two. So there's also three parts to a mocha pot. It has a bottom chamber and a top chamber and then a basket or a filter. That's kind of like a funnel also. The bottom chamber is where the water boils. So that's filled with water. And then on top of it sits a basket which is where you put the ground coffee and it has a little funnel shape. The top or the collecting chamber screws up on the top and it itself has a second metal filter on the bottom along with a gasket to make sure it's like a tight seal. When you assemble and put the whole mocha pot on the heat, the water builds up the pressure like as it's boiling to the point where it forces the water up the funnel of the basket through the coffee powder through the second metal filter up on the top part, up like a little funnel and out into the collecting pot. So see, it has similar components to the Napoletana. It has a part with water. It has a part that holds coffee. And then it has a part where it holds the brewed coffee, right? But instead of using gravity like the Napoletana, it uses steam and pressure like the first espresso makers. And what comes out of a mocha pot is delicious coffee. Now, the coffee snobs around will say that it shouldn't be called an espresso maker because it doesn't produce true espresso. According to them, true espresso is extracted at something like 9 bar of pressure, whereas mocha pot coffee is somewhere between 1.5 bar and 2 bar of pressure. Now, I don't care that it's not true espresso. It's still delicious. And to be frank, the part that it's not espresso like from an espresso maker or a machine one of those big ones that you find at your fancy coffee shops that's what's so great about it so despite the mocha pot being designed in 1933 it didn't really catch on until after the second world war lots of factories in italy which were ramped up by the war effort needed things to build and the economy as a whole was growing in italy as well as the middle class in italy and all across europe 
Coffee was suddenly cheaper, as was aluminum, and the mocha pot was marketed as the closest thing you could make at home to an espresso from a coffee shop. When you pair all of these things with its great design, naturally it blew up. It became a staple of almost every Italian home, and in fact it became a symbol of Italy itself. Not only that, it grew to become a hit in Argentina, and especially in Cuba and in Puerto Rico, where the cafecito Cuban style of coffee was developed with coffee that was brewed exclusively in mocha pots. And despite all of its success, in recent memory they've kind of declined in popularity. And the thing that derailed the mocha pot was that coffee became so cheap and so popular in the 90s up to today that everyone can pretty much get relatively decent coffee at almost any corner thanks to Starbucks, right? And it's, you know, that whole Arabica stuff and everything. And then what really slowed down the mocha pot was the rise of Keurig and Nespresso, which are not only super fast, but they can deliver coffee that most people will enjoy. I'm here to tell you, though, get a mocha pot. Like I said at the top of the show, coffee is my biggest vice. When the COVID lockdown started, I was left stranded at home with no means to access the good coffee from high-pressure espresso machines that I've honestly grown to love. The tools for coffee that I had were all awful here at home. So in my time of need, I turned to the mocha pot and it saved me. I know that sounds dramatic, but it really did. Now, it's not quite espresso, but it's miles better than the drip coffee I was drinking here at home. And unlike Keurig or Nespresso, it's not a huge waste of plastic. It's like super, super green if you're into the whole sustainability thing. There's something really special about making coffee in it too. It's just so simple and intuitive. And when you see the coffee spill out of the top, it's like a tiny wonder. First, it's super dark. Then as more and more comes out, it gets lighter. And there's even a little foam or a spuma near the end. The smell it creates has become the best part of my mornings. And best of all, it's easy to clean. It's easy to use. And it's good to look at. It's a pretty thing. It does everything it's supposed to do well and nothing more. And it belongs in my home, not outside of it. It makes as good a coffee as you can get at home like it's been doing since 1933. It never promised to be espresso because, honestly, we don't need espresso at home. And yes, I know many of us have at one point thought it'd be amazing to have a full-sized espresso machine at home, or even one of those smaller ones that are like single ones, except would it really? Then what would be special about going out? And where would my toaster and blender go if all the counter is taken up by an espresso machine that's noisy, hard to clean, and harder to fix? The lockdown has taught me one thing as I've been forced to be home longer than I ever have before and more consecutively. Everything that's great at home is great because it's made for home, and forcing things from the outside in doesn't make the home any better, especially bringing work to the home. But in that situation, what can you do? In a time when we're supposed to be always producing and being efficient and matching the output at home that we do outside, the mocha pot reminds me that when I'm home, I don't have to be those things. Even when now more than ever, work and home life has become one and outside life has become getting groceries, the ceremony that is using this 
thing is something that exists only for home time, and that's what it was designed to be. The mocha pot takes water and ground coffee beans, applies pressure to it, and creates the safest feeling of home I've felt since I've been locked down. And even when this is all over, it will remain something only for the home. I'm sure in times of uncertainty and worry, you have things like that in your life. And I want to encourage you to hold on to them now more than ever and don't let them become mired in the confusion of the situation. Let them continue to be your refuge. Defend your home from the onslaught of anxiety and forced productivity. Let the outside remain outside and your home remain your home. And if you don't have one of those things, I'm here to tell you now. Maybe buy a mocha pot and it will become that thing. <laughs> and don't ever tell me coffee isn't a drug. I mean, just look at how I'm talking about it. That's it for this week's episode of the Irrelevant Information Podcast. This show is written, produced, and edited by me, Rodrigo Nunez. If you like this episode, share it with a friend um, or leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or podchaser.com. But above all, if you enjoy it, share it with a friend. That will really help the show. I hope you're hanging in there. See you next time. And as always, OR4 did nothing wrong. Relevant Podcast Network. Thanks for listening.